When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Does this mean it's over? Does this mean he likes me? Are butterflies good? Am I ever going to meet someone? I'm tired of swiping. Am Am I I normal? normal? If you feel like you need to impress that person, it's not your person. You can keep waiting for the fairy tale, or you can get on board with the new rules of relationships. If you've read my Date Lab articles in the Washington Post, then you know. This ain't your mama's love advice. This is Dates and Mates with Damona Hoffman. Hello, lovers, and welcome to another magical episode of Dates and Mates. As I'm in the midst of launching my new live coaching program, I'm hearing a lot about the challenges that people are having in finding love. So many of you feel like you're doing all the things, but you're not seeing the progress. So today, I thought some of you might be able to use a little magic. Well, a specific kind of magic. The word of the day is manifestation. To me, manifestation is magic. And I 100% believe that we have the power to manifest our destiny. When we dream it and we believe it, we can achieve it, whether we're talking financial success or in love. And before you say, "Mm, Damona, that is too woo-woo for me, I just have to encourage you to have an open mind because the open mind is the first step in making manifestation work for you. When we manifest, we're actually programming our subconscious mind, and then our brains get to work ordering our actions to make what we visualize real. I talk about this a little bit in my book, F the Fairy Tale, but since it's not out yet, I'll give you the TLDR. (laughs) I think manifestation works because we are programming our brains to go get what we want. But I also kind of believe that manifestation works because it is kind of just magic. (laughs) Either way, our guest today will show us how it's done. Morgana Ray is the number one international bestselling author of Financial Alchemy, 12 Months of Magic and Manifestation. Morgana has been a seven-figure spiritual life and business coach for over 30 years. By the way, seven figures for those of you who are counting, that's over a million bucks. And she's guided tens of thousands of people to heal the rift between heart, spirit, and money. Morgana's groundbreaking approach to attracting money like a lover has featured her on all the major television networks, on Yahoo Finance, The Wall Street Journal, hundreds of others. As a thought leader on the topics of wealth and relationship, she has been a featured speaker on stages with Deepak Chopra, Ariana Huffington, Bob Proctor, and so many others. And today, she's going to show us how to manifest more abundance in our lives, whether it's in the form of money, a partner, or perhaps both. Please help me welcome her in with big smooches. It's Morgana Ray. Thank you for inviting me. So we got to get down to business because this is, even though you you play in these spaces of of love and money, we, we got to get down to business because I, I was realizing in looking at your book and a lot of your materials, there are so many parallels between how you manifest money and how you manifest love, right? Well, for me, 
I had I had superpowers of repulsion for both for a really long time. <laughs> and money got my attention by the jugular first because without it you don't live. So I had to address that first and to be perfectly honest to me it was like I had to relate to money as a person before I could have it in my life. And my original relationship with money, I'm sure nobody has had this experience, but it's like a boyfriend who tells you you aren't good enough and he's the best you're ever going to get and he's cheating on you and skipping out on you. And you are just desperately holding on for like any crumb you can get of love. And that was sort of my old relationship with money where I would do everything I was told to do. I bought all the books. I had all the classes. I had all the coaches. I was taking all the actions and I had celebrity clients and testimonials and marketing and, you know, overachiever. And so what? It was 20 years ago. It was 2003, March of 2003. I was struggling to make a hundred dollars a month living in Los Angeles. Oh, that won't yeah. go far. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually like, even competitive about my level of failure, you know, with the education, with the certifications, with the testimonials. It was terrifying. I was living on credit card debt and borrowing from family. And I was an adult. And it didn't matter what I did. I would do all the things I was supposed to do and nothing was shifting. And as a sidebar, 10 years later, when money was no longer a problem for me, I would hear myself telling my story and teaching my process around changing your relationship with money as if money were a person. And I would hear myself talking about, you know, this doing all the right stuff and not getting any results. And I started to have that really annoying, like little voice in the back of my head saying, wow, that sounds like your love life too. So then in 2012, I did this, I slayed my love monster. And I'll explain what that means. And I was 45 years old, never married, and I met my husband two months later, which would have been wow. August 11, 2012, so it's 11 years this month. And we've been married so far 26 times in 21 countries because he came up with the idea that we should get married 100 times in 100 countries. And I was just shooting for one, you know, so... <laughs> well, it's like at least uh, you've been married 26 times to the same person. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's simpler that way. <laughs> yes, abundance mindset here. Um, wow, there's so much I want to unpack in that. And I'm sure for a lot of my listeners, when you said slaying the love monster and that it it happened for you just two months after that, I know they're saying, Demona, you got to ask her about this love monster. <laughs> How do we slay it? So... I have come to the conclusion, having coached tens of thousands of people, and most people come to me because of the money monster, because that gets attention the fastest, and it gets in the way of love, and it gets in the way of everything. So that's sort of, that's my shtick. That's how people usually know me, but it's not all I do. And what I've observed coaching so many people is that I believe change happens at the speed of safety. And if change isn't happening, even though you're doing all the right stuff and you're really intending it. And by the way, you know, I live in L.A., which is sort of the woo capital of the planet. So 
I had the vision boards and I had the mantras and I had the friends, you know, waving their hands and changing my, you know, DNA and programming and nothing was working. I believe that if, if change isn't happening, something isn't safe. So where we look is what is not safe? What is not safe about love? And when I took a look at why might I possibly be protecting myself from love, it just sort of opened up such a huge can of worms that I had never, I knew was there, but I hadn't really dug into in that way. And every, every parental rejection, every kid growing up rejection, every boy rejection, every client rejection, every just Every wound over a lifetime built a really compelling case that, whoa, love hurts. And I didn't find my person until I was 45. And it needed to be that way in retrospect. But, oh, my God, just the suffering and the dating and, and looking for my person. Uh, I had to make it safe first. When I when I uncovered all the reasons I might be protecting myself from money. That's step one, uncover the root cause. I usually do this with money, but in this case, I did the same thing with love. Then I gave it embodiment. I, I just imagined it was a person to make it real because we can talk about abstract concepts and like have a 30-year therapy conversation and it will be fascinating and nothing will change. Because we need to make it real. And we humans, we know how to relate to humans. It's why we name boats and, you know, and give such personhood to our pets, in my case, cats. You know, because we relate to everything as if it's a person. We feel loved by the universe or we don't. Hmm. I, I was going to comment on that, the personification of if I may say it, since I do love alliteration, like it's the personification of our pain mm -hmm. where it's kind of this, it's almost like placing it as a thing outside of ourselves can help us look at it. Is that, is that, am I reading this right? Yes. It's so important. It's so important because when we make the problem outside of ourselves, we can reject what isn't working without destroying ourselves. Step number three is now call in your warrior spirit, you know, your Kali, Durga, Hecate, Bodhika, whatever pantheon, the, the sacred warrior who slays limitation, slays ignorance, slays suffering, and you choose you. Only one of you is going to get to survive. You choose you and you reject everything that no longer is permitted to exist in your life experience. You put it all in the monster and you destroy it, blow it up. And is the idea that this is like you're visualizing, you are physically facing the monster. How does it work? It really depends on the individual. I've had clients just sit there and do it silently in their head and then make $1.2 million in the weeks following, you know, and some clients get up and they physicalize it, which is also great. It really doesn't matter. It's just that when it's over, when you've destroyed the monster, you feel like, wow, it's gone, like empty, no energetic trace of this thing. And it will feel different than anything you felt in your life because it's, you didn't even know it was there. It's like a fish doesn't know it's in water. 
the, when the monster is gone for the first time, it's like, wow. And it may feel expansive. It may feel brighter. It may feel lighter. It may feel scary. It doesn't matter. It just feels different and you know it. And when that's gone, all that remains is love. By the, this is true if you are slaying your money monster, if you're slaying an illness monster, if you're slaying a love monster, when everything that hurts you and everything that is wrong in the world, in your experience, that has made the world an unsafe, unloving, unwelcoming, not wanting you place, when you have rejected it and obliterated it from your experience, all that remains is love. So your new relationship is going to feel like love. Yeah. So I, I want to make sure that I'm bringing this to a, a, an actionable level for the dates and mates listeners, because I know how they okay. be. Yeah, <laughs> they're all sitting here, Morgana, they're like taking notes and then they're like, okay, well, what do I do next? Do you think this works? Because is it just something in the manifestation of it? Because, you know, I do believe in manifestation and I know you're like love money and magic, but I, do you think it's something that's changing in on a, on an internal level? Is it something that's changing in our actions that's really causing this shift to happen and fast uh, from your stories? So I do think that, yeah, there's a vibe we give off. And I think that there are behaviors that we're just completely unconscious of. Um, from a neurolinguistic point of view, we're conscious of just a few, our our brain is maybe 3% consciousness and the rest is like the iceberg below the surface. All of our beliefs, attitudes, and actions spring from our unconscious. So we do things that we don't even know we're doing to push what we want away. So when we can create safety, we're relaxing the limbic part of the brain and our genius best self in the frontal lobes wakes up and gets present and we make better choices. In fact, the day that I met my husband, I was like five cities away, way out in the valley, doing an interview for uh, another relationship coach. And she was asking me about dating and money. And I remember saying at that moment that we women need to be financially free so that we choose the best man instead of the best bank account. Because if you choose the bank account over the man, that is, too, you will pay. <laughs> it is just too high a price to pay. And that's why we want to start with this foundation of having a great relationship with money, having a great relationship with life and ourselves. And then we can wait and pick and choose and say no, because we aren't looking to be rescued and saved. When we need to be rescued and saved, yeah. we are like calling out a signal for predators. And that's not what we want. So I want to dive deeper into that because I know I have a lot of clients and a lot of listeners who are very successful in all of the other areas of their lives, but feel really blocked when it comes to relationships. And a lot of times, I'm not calling any of y'all out right now, but a lot of times, Morgana, I also will see those same people that have everything and will still put certain limitations, restrictions, requests to the universe of, and my person. I have so much, and my person has to also 
come to the table with all of these things. They have to match that. They have to have a higher income. They have to have a nice car. They have to have these other things. And I, I, as someone who's been married, I've been with my husband 20 years, long time. Um, we've been married 16 and I really don't feel like that, like that part was not important to me. I felt like we were, I was choosing a partner to build something together. But I also, I, you know, I was, I was a successful television executive. I had a lot of stuff, but I didn't put that same emphasis. So sometimes I, I'll be honest, sometimes I have trouble relating when people are like, oh, I need to find somebody who has money because it just doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> I don't think that those people really know what makes them happy yet. One of my God. earliest clients was a woman who inherited tens of millions of dollars overnight and went from a like hand-to-mouth artist, makeup artist, to suddenly very wealthy, and it destroyed her significant relationship. Her boyfriend of 15 years first said, I never have to work again, and then left her and married somebody else. And date after date after date, guys would look at her house and say, well, you don't need me, and they would take off, and she just wanted love. And that she was the first client I ever had where I realized, oh my gosh, a very, very wealthy person can have a huge money monster, and her money monster was getting in the way of love. And after we uncovered and slayed that money monster, she met the hottest Buddhist professor who fell madly in love with her, was not in it for her money. So he wasn't a gold digger. In fact, he insisted that they get a prenup to protect her stuff. But they share common Yeah, he better not be a gold digger if he's a Buddhist. No, they just shared the same (laughs) values and hot sex. And they've been together for over 20 years now. So there are things that we need from partners I have a friend two years ago said to me, look for character instead of characteristics. I want to actually further unpack this idea that you brought up of character versus characteristics. We have to take a short break, but when we come back, I have some additional questions I want to ask you, Morgana. <laughs> Let's stick around. Whoop, I caught you there. Don't skip ahead. <laughs> instead, Listen to these words from our sponsors because these ads are what allow us to bring you the show for free. So just give them a few seconds of your attention. And if you like what you hear, please give them a try. And be sure to stick around to the end of the episode as we are now ending every interview with your love lesson of the week to give you actionable advice on what to focus on between the end of this episode and the beginning of the next one. Stay tuned. Ooh, child, I'm tired. (laughs) I got my kids back in school. Finally, and I am focused on making this dates and mates method the best it can be. And you know what else? I am running around like a chicken with my head cut off, trying to figure out how I am going to get my nutrients in. Because, you know, you've heard this from me before. I, I really don't like to spend too much time in the kitchen. I really loathe the grocery store. And I am really, really grateful for finding Factor. They are America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, and they can help you fuel up with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals that are delivered straight to your door. You can save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. I'm going to be honest. I somehow put on the COVID-15, <laughs> and I've been working to get stronger and healthier. My personal training friend, Coach Z, and I, we lift every week. 
And let me tell you, we get hungry, okay? But since she shares her gym with me, I actually shared my factor meals with Coach Z last week. And we were comparing notes on how much we loved our meals. Don't tell her, but I kept the shredded chicken taco bowl all to myself. I didn't even want to share it. I didn't even let her look at it. (laughs) Don't tell her because she loved what she had. And the reality is we are both just too busy to cook this fall. But if you are feeling that too and you want to make sure you're also eating well, check out Factor. You can skip the extra trip to the grocery store, the chopping, the prepping, the cleanup, and you can still get all that flavor and nutritional quality that you need. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy and then go back to crushing your goals or your RDLs in my case. (laughs) And if you're a little bit bougie, you can level up with gourmet plus options prepared to perfection by chefs and ready to eat in record time. So you can treat yourself to premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. And if you're looking for calorie-conscious options during the busy season, you can try the box that I got, delicious dietitian-approved calorie-smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. Oh, and Coach Z is always talking about protein. We got to add more protein. We got to build muscle. So Factor's got you covered there, too, with their Protein Plus meals. They have 30 grams of protein or more per serving. That is a big protein boost, my friends. And this September, you can get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. Here's the hookup for my Dates and Mates fans. Go to factormeals.com slash datesandmates50 and use the code datesandmates50 to get 50% off. That's dates and mates 50. Spell it all out. D-A-T-E-S-A-N-D-M-A-T-E-S 5050 at com slash dates and mates 50 and you'll get 50% off. Look for that link in our show notes. Thank you, lovers, for supporting our sponsors. Now I want to support you. Did you know that I'm doing a special four-day challenge this week where I will walk you through the four biggest dating myths from my forthcoming book, F the Fairy Tale, and I'll give you a roadmap to breaking through your dating challenges to get you set up for love this fall. The best part, it's totally free. You can watch it on multiple platforms. All you have to do is register at DemonaHoffman.com slash challenge. All right. So, Morgana, before the break, I said, I wanted to talk to you more about this character versus characteristics. It's interesting. My ears perked up when you said character, because when people ask me how to develop a dating profile, I say you need three kinds of photos. Y'all write this down if you don't know it already. The three C's. Color. That's just strategic for standing out in a sea of pictures context, telling your life story through your photos, and character is actually my third C. And I say that's the one that most people forget because they're ever, we're so interested in putting forward a, a, an image of ourselves and trying to be liked by everyone that we forget it's not, it's not a numbers game. It's quality over quantity. So character is when I, I describe it as really showing who you are through your photos. But when you described your definition of the character versus the characteristics, to me that kind of speaks to 
something else I talk about in my dating programs of, of getting into how you want to feel on a date over checking, you know, when you're doing dating by characteristics, I think you're just checking boxes like, oh yeah, you know, makes over a hundred thousand dollars, drives a BMW, went to this school, but it's, it's empty if you don't feel that generosity you were talking about or that feeling of safety. And it's very interesting to me that we kind of, I feel like we're both coming to the same conclusion using different modalities. What I think really drew in my people was I painted a picture of the two of us and I, and I wrote something like, here is my top secret fantasy for the two of us. Don't tell anybody on my public dating profile. Mm. Travel to Italy, India, and Prague. I wake up in your arms. We make love. We check our email. And then we go to museums and marketplaces or just get lost. And we do that for months. And that was, that was mm. my fantasy of the kind of experience I wanted to have. And I just sent it out there sort of like, you know, casting a spell. And that was when the quality of responses I got just changed. And I started getting worldly, educated, articulate people, in addition to the usual letter U, letter R, hot, you know, with, in front of the sports car and all that, right? Um, right, right? I also got really, really good at trusting my gut, saying no, having an intuition the people who, you know, were likely to not show up. I also became far less attached to anybody being the one or worrying about being rejected. How can anyone know me well enough after a date to reject, you know, me at the deepest level? However, I could yeah. also tell. Ding, ding, ding. But I could also tell within a first date that if we weren't a match and to respect myself and them enough to not try to make something work that I knew wasn't going to work. And probably in time with what you were saying about safety and character, I think the biggest light bulb moment for me was a friend set me up on a date with somebody that I had absolute certainty was not my guy. But I felt so relaxed with him. I could just be myself. And my big aha moment is, oh my gosh, I am sitting across a good guy. So I feel safe and I don't have to do anything to impress him. I'm going to underline a couple of things you just said for everybody. Because first of all, you said you didn't feel any pressure to impress him. And I think that's really important in dating that we're showing up to connect and not to like tap dance and, you know, try to win the person over and like prove that I, I am the most interesting of all your matches. Uh, and like that willingness, that security that you developed in yourself to know that when it's right, you'll know when it's not right, you're not going to chase it. You're not going to give your power away to someone else to say like, oh, I'm not into her and therefore she is not worthy. Like that, I, there's just so much of that going on, Morgana. And it's, it, it truly, truly pains me 
to see people chasing that and going on to dates needing that when the answer, as you've laid it out, is actually so clear that flipping that perspective is the road to getting your needs met. If you're feeling insecure, it's not you. That's not your person. That's how you know. Mm. It's not, there's nothing wrong with you. It's not your person. And that's your body letting you know this is not your person. Oh, yeah. And then you brought up the body too, like paying attention to the signals in your body. I think that's really important too. Yeah. If you feel like you need to impress that person, it's not your person. Your person, you will feel safe and you will be you. I love that. Um, I want to ask you one last question about money, since that is your realm. Um, I also hear from a lot of listeners that are successful, you know, particularly female listeners who feel like their money is sometimes an impediment to connection. Like they feel like they, and actually I see it on both sides. Now that I'm thinking about it, I see people that have sort of shame or embarrassment of like, I've gotten questions before, like, well, I should have a house by now. I should have X, Y, Z, and I don't, and I'm embarrassed about that. And who is, how am I going to connect with someone if I don't have those things? And then I also see people on the other side that are like, well, I don't want someone to just, just be into me for my money. And I would even broaden that out. Like, I think when I was online dating, I was afraid, not, not that people would be into me because of money, but more chasing me for status because I was a television executive and, you know, an actor or, you know, somebody, somebody that was trying to get into the business might reach out to me. I didn't even want to put my dating, my photo on my dating profile because I didn't want to attract people that were going to become, you know, energy vampires or, um, someone that was coming to me for resources. So what do you say to both sides of that coin? All of that does happen. So I would put any of that drama because that, that for me, when I discovered my first money monster in 2003, was like money got in the way of love was when we, when I dug to the real deepest family members, not speaking to each other, it, yeah. it creates a wedge. And that becomes a monster. So I would just go after the money monster, anything that has ever made you feel unlovable, unworthy, unsafe, or powerless, anything that threatens to make you unlovable, unworthy, unsafe, or powerless, all those dangers of being taken advantage of or judged or rejected. Huge, painful stuff. And I would put that into the monster, slay the monster, meet the love on the other side, which will come in an imaginary human form. I call that the money, honey. Then you have a conversation with this new relationship. What do you need from me so that you can be with me? And then you take some concrete measurable action. It's six steps. Go to my website. I'll walk you through all of that there. You must create safety in your own relationship with your existence, with your life on earth, so that when somebody shows up with ill intent, you don't take it personally. You just go, no, and move on and let it go. If it's the not having a house is not the issue. It's the shame and judgment and fear about that. The thing about trauma and pain is 
it happens. So you might as well milk it and use it and make it work for you because you've already paid the price with your own pain and it would be such a shame to waste it. So use whatever is going on and turn it into a monster and create like a slingshot, like leverage. You're creating all this energy and tension to take you where you want to be when you use it instead yeah. of hide it. I I love that. And I, we're back to the personification of it too, because I, I do find when we're thinking about it and it's consuming us, then a lot of times we're leading with it and not even realizing, like, if you don't want people to be attracted to you for your money, your status, your power, whatever, like, it doesn't have to go on the profile. It doesn't have to go. Like, I took all that off of my profile and I didn't talk about it on dates. I know sometimes it's the default, like, well, where do you work? What do you do? And I... I find that we forget we are choosing we are choosing who we show up to a date with we're choosing how we show up to the date we are choosing the conversations we continue to engage in and just what if we just stopped <laughs> in speaking to the folks on the other side of the coin <laughs> see what i did there uh who feel like because they don't have finances, whether they're male, female, non-binary, I think there is such a societal connection to the v valuing money over valuing other wealth in our lives and the other things that we can offer in a relationship. So what do you say to those folks that are feeling like they're coming to the table with less than enough? I think I work with those people more than any others. And when you don't have money, it literally feels like life doesn't love you. You know, all the people who don't hire you don't pay you. It's it's like the the great mother withholding her bounty. It's it just it makes us feel less than it makes the world feel unsafe and it makes us unwanted. And that again is I would pour that into just the feelings and go deeper than the money. When else have you ever felt unwanted, not good enough, not chosen, not safe, accidents, illnesses, you know, things that don't look like they have to do with money. It's always where I find it. And, and love is in a way it's easier to uncover the monster because the monster is, is easy. It's so on the nose. It's relationship and love. Money is just a made up symbol of what do we value, what do we love, and what has power. Step number one, uncover the root cause. It's always going to be in the areas of love, worth, safety, and power. Then when you've picked up your own pain and built enough feeling that you're having a full body experience, then you imagine it's a person outside yourself, not you, not your parents. Because in step number three, you annihilate it without killing yourself or your parents, even if your parents were monstrous. You're not a parent killer. So we're not going to even pretend. And when you have decided that it is gone, you've had the experience of completely rejecting it and obliterating it and sucking up all the bloody bits with a cosmic vacuum cleaner so there's no monster zombie to come back, you have open space. Imagine where you want to meet your new relationship, your love-based relationship with money, love, and life. 
And then you see that person coming towards you. You embrace, you feel the love. You feel love. You've decided this is somebody you want to keep. And now you have a conversation. The conversation I recommend to start with in any relationship with money. First, when you know that this, what I call the money honey, loves you and chooses you. And that's a given. That's not a question mark. And wants to be with you. The question is, okay, what do you need from me to allow you to be with me the way you want to be? Because you have the body, you have the power. And listen for whatever weird answer comes back, like love yourself or trust or whatever. It's going to be something like that. And then we want to make it something really doable and concrete, a concrete measurable action that you can take to demonstrate to yourself that you are in this new relationship. And you just, whatever came up into your mind at that moment, you just share it with your money honey and you get your money honey's response who will say yes or me. <laughs> And you want to go for the yes, that's, and it doesn't have to make sense. But what is the most important thing is the cash is almost like the garnish. It's a nice little surprise side dish because what the meal is, is your relationship with yourself and life changed and you know it and you can date. With the exact same financial situation. And it doesn't matter because you were dating as you and your full worthiness and lovableness. And the money is not the monster you are trying to hide. The more you try to hide the monster, the more everybody feels it and sees it. But when it's slayed and it's not there, you have nothing to apologize for. And that's who you are when you show up. Thank you so much for joining me, Morgana. To learn more about Morgana, you can go to her website at MorganaRae.com. That's spelled M-O-R-G-A-N-A-R-A-E.com. And grab a copy of her best-selling book, Financial Alchemy, 12 Months of Magic and Manifestation. All of the links will be in the show notes. So how'd you like episode 473 of Dates and Mates? As promised, I will give you your love lesson in just a moment. But don't forget that the four-day free F the Fairy Tale Challenge starts today at 12 noon Pacific. You can join today or anytime to get the daily digest of dating myth-busting tips by signing up at DemonaHoffman.com slash challenge. Another Dear Demona episode is right around the corner, so hit me up with your questions. The DMs are open at Demona Hoffman on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or leave me a voicemail or text at 424-246-6255. And now for your love lesson of the week. So many times I hear people say that they don't want to work hard at love. It should be easy to meet someone. But, you know, I just have to ask you, when was it easy to bring anything worthwhile into your life? What you have now, you've worked for. And what you don't have, I bet you're willing to work for it. But somehow, when we're talking about love and relationships, we all want it to happen magically. And my friends, I hate to tell you, but that's fairy tale thinking. What is more important in your life than the person you choose to partner with and blend your entire life, your family, your finances with? So why is that the choice that you would leave to chance? But as I started at the top of the show, manifesting isn't just saying you want something. It's taking decisive action towards that thing. It's programming your mind 
to be in alignment with your actions and your heart and your wishes. And all of that is what moves you towards that relationship or that person you're imagining. If you're willing to put in a little effort to date strategically and not by happenstance, your love lesson this week is to take one manifesting action. Whether it's going out to an event, even though you're scared and you don't know anyone there. By the way, kudos to listener and VIP Tammy for doing this last week. Or it's being bold enough to tell a friend that you like them or to ask for a setup or signing up for a free challenge. Or if you're really serious, joining my group program, the Dates and Mates Method. Whatever it is, I encourage you to take bold action this week to move towards manifesting what you want. That person is right on the other side of a bold action. So we're not just talking about it on the show. We're actually doing it. We're moving towards our destiny. We will be back again on Tuesday with the star of My Unorthodox Life on Netflix. She's a fashion designer, Julia Hart. And she'll talk about how she went from ultra-Orthodox long sleeves to designing lingerie and how you can find your voice and your power in a relationship. Get your manifestation posse together by sharing this episode with a friend. And please, please leave us a review on whichever platform you're listening and let us know what you're loving from season 11 of Dates and Mates. I am listening and I want to know what you want to hear. So don't be shy. Leave those reviews. And until next week, I wish you happy dating.